This is Beyond the Showroom, where you'll learn tips and techniques on the car buying process, how to get the best deal, what scams to watch out for, and much more. Here's your host and one of the foremost automotive business experts in the country, the Chevy dude, Mike Davenport. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Showroom podcast. I am Mike Davenport and I am joined by my lovely, lovely wife. wife, Andy. <laughs> Not sure with this uh, whole stay at home order, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, yeah. if I'm still the lovely wife. Look, Scott Baker said the uh, great audio tonight. I'll tell you, we, uh, you can kind of see him right here for the for the live streamers, that's uh, it's all the way up. I got it all the way maxed out. I need to probably get somebody in here to maybe help me on stuff like that. And uh, Steve, thanks for the 20 on the super chat for the live stream. We live stream every single Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And uh, the audio portion goes out to your favorite podcasting uh, platform at 6 a.m. every Wednesday morning. Today's episode, uh, you guys have been asking for this. This has been a huge topic of discussion, and I'm really excited to do it because I've been researching it to basically be able to talk about layman's terms and not get into, you know, crazy, like, industrial terms that maybe you don't understand. And so that kind of takes me a little bit of time to make me not get into industry terms, which I actually do want to do a video on industry terms. Um, I've already got the title uh, of it, but uh, I haven't, I've never done it yet. So um, we're going to talk about extended warranties and other items sold in the finance office at the local car dealership. We're talking about gap insurance. I had someone uh, text in tire warranties or comment on tire warranties. Um, you had a couple of them, didn't you? Uh We've had extended warranties, CPO. Certified pre-owned, yep. Um, That's See, we can't use CPO. Not everybody knows what CPO (laughs) means. Sorry. (laughs) That's where being in the dealership and being around you for 20 years, I get some of that lingo and understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But but that's okay. So we've had a few things come in, and uh, a couple of topics that I'm definitely going to talk about tonight are five questions to ask before you say yes, scams to look out for and what to watch for, uh, best time to buy one. This is always a huge topic of discussion best time to buy one uh, if you feel the need and the two types of warranties. There's only two types of warranties and people probably aren't going to know these terms, but we're going to talk about them. And, uh, but uh, before we get into it, we need to pay the bills. So you guys know a huge sponsor of the beyond the showroom podcast and the live stream is Surfshark. So uh, save 83% off free month with Surfshark using the code Chevy dude. And uh, basically you guys got to, you know, you got to secure your digital life. There's so much information out there and we talk about it on this channel all the time, the scams that people do. Well, there's a lot of digital scams out there and having a VPN does a huge thing. And a big misnomer is that the VPN slows down. Well, with Surfshark, you can connect to the fastest and most reliable VPN server out there. So um, hotels, airlines, more have different prices based off of where you're connected from. So you can connect from a, a, a country that maybe doesn't have the best uh, resources and you get a lower price when you're doing that. Um, and like someone in Canada gets different programming on Netflix than we do and vice versa. So you can connect out of Canada and get some net good Netflix stuff going on and vice versa uh, USA. So I wanted to use you to Surfshark VPN when I'm using public Wi-Fi, hotel Wi-Fi, airport on my cell phone. Uh, I want a VPN that's to secure my encrypt my data. I'm sending a new feature when using Surfshark is called HackLife. It provides an extra layer of security. HackLife scans scans databases for possible email and password leaks, also providing you with real-time alerts. Any information that's leaked and found available online. So here's the best VPN deal for my viewers. Surfshark 
uh, get Surfshark uh, VPN at surfshark.deals forward slash Chevy Dude. Enter promo code Chevy Dude. You'll get 83% off and one extra month of free subscription. The minimal cost you spend on this is going to way outweigh the benefits of your peace of mind and security. Um, I'm talking like this is like five bucks, guys. Okay, this is like super cheap. Um, so use the link in the description with the code Chevy Dude for these amazing savings. And then, and thank you, of course, to Surfshark for sponsoring this video. Um, you can text your topic-related questions into 502-909-5192. I do suggest or stress topic-related, right, Mrs. Chevy Dude? Yes, <laughs> if you want to answer tonight. Yep, yep. We get hundreds and hundreds of text messages. Uh, messages come through here. We try to get to them all. So uh, anytime that uh, we... Uh, can't get to it just because we have so many coming in. So if you want to guarantee your questions get answered, feel free to use the super chat feature or become a member of the channel. And when you're a member of the channel, you have a little logo right next to your name. And we see that too. And that uh, sticks out to us here on our side of the screen. So uh, again, join us every Tuesday night at 7 PM on the Chevy dude YouTube channel uh, for our live broadcast. And then every single morning, Wednesday at 6 AM Eastern time, we push this to all of our fantastic podcasting platforms. Um, down in the link as well, there's a car buying template. Click on that. I'll email that right over to you. I email you uh, eight tips to make sure you get the best car deal and a few other freebies as well. So um, let's get into the very first one that we're going to talk about. Let's talk about the two types of warranties. There are only two types of warranties available to you. Do you know what they are, Mr. Chevy Dean? Warranties? Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, everything's an extended warranty. Yes. There are two types, and one is called exclusionary, and one is called stated coverage. So exclusionary is exactly what it sounds like. It's exclusionary. Pretty much covers everything. There's no such thing as a warranty that covers 100% of the parts on a car. Just It just doesn't happen. So uh, exclusionary warranty is going to be your closest one and sometimes even better than the uh, factory warranty, right? So, and we're going to explain how you can get a better than factory warranty, um, on, on a car. So, uh, with that being said, when you have an exclusionary warranty, they basically tell you what's not covered on the car where a stated coverage is exactly that it states what is covered. So, um, let's talk about exclusionary warranties a little bit. Uh, exclusionary warranties you're typically going to find on brand new cars, or cars that are in, under some type of manufacturer warranty. So um, I don't know all the all the warranty companies out there. I don't follow a lot of them. I can't possibly read on all of them. But I can tell you with the uh, exclusionary part with my dealership is um, it's 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 got to be one of the best warranty companies out there. We don't have any issues with it. Uh, we don't have any customer complaints with it. Everything happens really really smoothly. But the reason why is because it's very much stated what's not covered, and what's not covered is silly Ill, city uh, silly itty bitty things. Is what I was trying to say, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Can you talk tonight? I can talk. I think I can talk. I'm gonna okay. Try. Let's you know shorten it up a little bit. Shorten it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, but uh, with that, what's not covered under these exclusionary warranties, again, my company that I use would be uh, paint, trim pieces, glass, upholstery, clutch on a manual transmission car. Uh, I would guess, you know, since the C8's here, I, I, I guess that's a question I should ask. I never thought about this, but dual clutch transmissions, I would imagine, do the clutches get covered under that? They say I in mean, the exclusionary part, they say clutch and pressure plate. But on a manual, you're 
pushing the clutch in yourself and everything. I mean, this dual clutch system is still an automatic car. It is still automatic transmission, but so, it's basically two manual transmissions in there. Yeah, but so, I would think they would have to know. cover. I mean, I'm going to ask my warranty company that. I can understand on a manual transmission car because some people will sit there and hold that clutch in forever, uh, you know, just constantly putting it in. Some people, you know... They just do silly things with it. Uh, I remember when I had my uh, Toyota Tercel, I could sit there and uh, shift gears without putting the clutch in. Yeah, well, I can still do that today with the uh, C C seven. Yes, I haven't tried. Yeah, you can do it. You can pretty much change gears and set. You know, going second through seventh in the C seven, you can pretty much do that. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so it's stuff like that, stuff like you wouldn't expect. Windshield wiper blades, wearable parts, you know, they get down to it. So something that's never covered under warranty would be emissions stuff. Um, emissions is a federal government thing, and um, what is stated on the new car is the only thing the emissions stuff is ever covered for. So oxygen sensors and stuff like that, you're never going to have those covered under any type of new or used car warranty, um, which which is the exclusionary warranty, which would be new car coverage, and the used car coverage, which would be stated coverage. So that's why we're going to talk about these. We're going to talk about new car warranty, which is going to be referred, which is going to, excuse me, let me say that again. Exclusionary warranty is going to be covered, car, ugh. Now I can't talk, Andy. That's crazy. So new car coverage is going to be referencing to exclusionary. Used car coverage is going to be referenced to stated coverage. So that's how we're going to put those into user-friendly, layman terms terminology. New car, used car. We're not talking about a new car with one mile on it and brand new. Nobody's owned it. We're talking about a 59,900-mile you know, four-year-old Chevrolet that still has, you know, just a couple miles of powertrain left on it. So uh, that powertrain warranty with our warranty company allows us to sell new car coverage, which is good. So uh, so the terms on these are very, very important as well. So uh, which we're going to get into the questions you need to ask um, the uh, finance manager or whomever you're buying these from, because you can buy them from third-party companies as well um, out there. But the stated coverage used car warranty is exactly that. They tell you what is covered, right? Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. So you got to read it. Yeah. Got <laughs> to read it. You got to know what you're getting into, right? So I'm not always a huge fan of used car warranties because I think it uh, puts you at risk for something not covered. But what is covered typically is the most expensive things. And, um, and a powertrain warranty would be considered stated coverage, right? So a used car warranty. Um, so there are different levels of stated coverage. You can get something that is a premium that they state that covers most items on the vehicle, vast majority of them. Then they, you can get a level down, level down, and then all the way down to powertrain warranty, um, as well. A lifetime warranty that you get that a lot of dealers sell are stated coverage. So with that being said, uh, you're going to have uh, that hand be handled as well. With all of that stuff, um, you know, there's really five questions you need to ask yourself before you say yes, if that is the case that you feel that you want to get an extended warranty on your new or used car. Now, I will say this as well. Now, do you think, do you think warranties are a good idea to purchase on a car? Um, 
I would say I think it can be. I mean, it was helpful when we had our uh, Pontiac GXP. Yep. But other times it has not been helpful. Um, I can think of, I think we had something go wrong with the Volkswagen bug that our daughter had and it wasn't covered under warranty and we're just like, well, let's just get rid of that. Right. I just figured for the cost and I was going to, you know, I was doing it for her. So that way if something happened that I was covering her, but, um, I have warranty on the C7. We have warranty on daughter's cruise. We have warranty on daughter's bug. I do not have a warranty on the C8 because uh, I plan on heavily modding this car and I don't plan on having it very long as well, which is we're going to get into that. And unfortunately, we do not have a warranty on the Tesla because Tesla will not allow extended warranties unless you purchase the car from them. From them and then no other company will, will offer it because it's so expensive to fix those cars and the risk is is out is out there which which we're gonna get into that we're gonna talk about um what do you do you buy one do you not buy one um do you um you know where when's when when do you say yes when do you say no right so that's what we're gonna talk about so um five questions you want to ask before you say yes on extended warranty i think the biggest question out there is who stands behind the warranty okay so you can ask this to the finance manager that you're doing your paperwork with, you can ask uh, someone like at the bank or the credit union or your insurance company. There's there's extended warranties are all over the place. Um, I think I read a stat while I was doing this research that's like a $41 billion company or $41 billion industry in the United States. And, and I think that could be your warranties for your appliances at Best Buy and all of that stuff, not just, uh, not just on cars. So, but uh, with that being said, you know, you need to know who stands behind this. So you mean those um, letters you get in the mail all the time are not uh, good people to be buying from? Now you're jumping ahead. We're going to talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk about scams in this, hey. uh, in this, you're, bl- you're blowing the whole podcast here. I'm just trying to get you keep moving. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so you need to know who stands behind the warranty. So um, let's say, let's say you go to Best Buy and you buy extended warranty is best buy backing that up or is a third party you don't know that that's a good question to ask um you got square trade out there is square trade actually the warranty company or do they use a third party to administer it that's the type of things you have to ask now i think what those two companies those are and i'm just talking about you know with appliances and stuff that they offer but I think those are two pretty big names that you can trust that maybe you don't have to ask that question on. So that's where it's coming into the car dealership is who backs this warranty. So a lot of dealers will say, hey, we own it, right? Um, They don't technically own it. They own part of it. And it may be um, 50 or 60 or 70 dealerships in the the group. And um, so with that being said, you know, they say they own it as because it's in a big conglomerate and it could be thousands of dealerships in that. So um, that's just one thing that you need to uh, uh, understand. And um, so who stands behind this warranty? So if it's obviously Chevrolet, then perfect. We, we can have, we have a little bit of confidence in Chevrolet to stand behind their warranty. But the biggest thing you have to worry about is, are they going out of business? So, um, what, uh, what, is that something we can talk about? It, I mean, it's just a super chat. It's, um, Chico, the vlogger says, Hey, Chevy dude, thanks for everything. Love watching your streams. You inspire me to create a channel and $30 isn't, 
well, basically all he can do and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Chico the vlogger, I love it. So uh, thanks for the, it's actually 60 US, I think. So um, so you need to know who stands behind these warranties. That's extremely important. So one thing I will suggest is um, you just got to be careful. You got you to gotta Google them, right? If like our company that we use is called Ethos, um, that is a dealership. That is a dealership owned warranty group by a big conglomerate, but a bunch of dealerships buy into it, just like I said. So we have a little bit of leeway that maybe something shouldn't be covered, but maybe you're that great customer of ours and you buy a warranty every single time and that last warranty, it didn't, it didn't work for you. You didn't make any claims. We can go in there and say, yeah, we're going to cover this, right? So we have ways to do that. And that's why it's important to understand who does this and who administers it and who stands behind the warranty. Um, do you know what's covered? We just talked about that. So um, you got to know what's covered. You have to understand this 100% before you say yes. You don't want to go in there and just because they pitched it to you and said, hey, for six bucks extra per month on your car payment, that you can be covered this, 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 right? Understand 100% of what is covered. And the best resource to do this is look at the actual contract. The contract that you sign is going to be what is binding, okay? A brochure, a brochure is good. A brochure is really, really good. But as in an outdated brochure, we don't know. You don't know. I don't know sometimes. I, I, may, I may have brochures sit in my office for two weeks or two months or two years. And all of a sudden, our rep comes in and says, that's a brochure we replaced six months ago. Oh, okay. I don't know what's changed. They may have just changed up colors. They may have changed up verbiage. I don't know. So, so the brochure is good as general information. But that service contract that you're going to sign is dead on verbatim exactly what's covered on that contract or what's not covered if you're looking at a new car warranty. So understand 100% what's covered. Well, and with that new car warranty, also know that that warranty starts after the manufacturer warranty, correct? Yes and no. So um, with that be, with that being said, um, you are buying a new car warranty, say for seven years, 100000 there are several warranties on a new car that kicks in. Say brakes are 12,000 miles, right? Glass is 12,000 12, miles one year. Now, glass isn't going to be covered under an extended warranty. I was going to say, but brakes aren't even covered. Brake calipers are and stuff like that. So, but, so there are several warranties inside of a, a new car that people don't realize. They just hear three-year 36 bumper to bumper. Well, there's warranties inside those warranties um, that stop at certain time frame. Uh, because they're considered wearable items or whatnot. So there are parts on a new car coverage that cover more than the manufacturer's warranties. So not necessarily goes on. And I think a big misnomer or big misconstrued is that um, you're paying for time that you don't get. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. That's what I was, I was like. So if you were buying an extended warranty that, you know, I guess it wouldn't be stated as three years, 36 thousand miles if it was on a new car because that's the same amount of time a normal warranty manufacturer warranty is so why would you even buy it yeah you wouldn't you you wouldn't even see that right now you may see like three years 100 say somebody drives 
30,000 miles a year, right? So now they're not worried about the time, they're worried about the mileage. So if we consult them and look at them and they're like, hey, listen, um, uh, I drive I drive 30,000 miles a year. Okay, well, in three years, you know, you're going to be at 100,000. So we'll sell you a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty. So that's where that can come in play on those new car coverages. So it, again, it comes back to, um, you know, when, when things are uh, available to you and what uh, what your driving habits are like. Um, so, you know, sh- have you shopped around? So this does not uh, really ever come up to play. This is something that's very, very, very low, like probably less than 1%. This is going to come up when you already own a car and you're like, you know what, that extended warranty is, or my manufacturer's warranty or that CPO warranty or the dealership's warranty is about ready to expire. And I want to be covered because my car's had this problem or this problem or whatever the case may be. So how do you shop around? So there's all sorts of websites out there, right? So there are all sorts of all sorts of coverages out there and whatnot. And you can simply call dealerships, right? If you call a dealership and talk to somebody in finance, they're going to be happy to offer you an extended warranty. So the way the finance managers get paid is based off of selling you warranties and selling you their product that they have in their office. So what happens, what in most finance managers pay is they get paid off of what's called a percentage, a, P, uh, a PRU, uh, product retail per unit. So um, if they sell two pieces of product per every car they sell, they're, they're doing pretty good. Uh, but three and four, they're doing great. So if there's no car deal associated with it and you come in, you buy a warranty, that helps out their PRU. So they love they love that. They love selling extended warranties when there's no car deal because it's kind of like extra credit in class. Okay, you got 110% on, on your test. It's like, well, how do you get 110%? There's only 100 points, right? You have that extra credit. So when they sell an extended warranty on a car that they don't do the paperwork with or the dealership doesn't sell, that's like extra credit. So you can shop around by calling dealers and um, don't be afraid to call a Toyota dealer if you have a Chevy. Now the Toyota dealers will be like, well, why are you calling us, right? That's so far out in left field because it doesn't happen. But you never know what a manufacturer has because a Toyota dealership sells used Chevrolets. So you can call that Chevy, that Toyota dealership and say, hey, listen, I got a used Chevrolet and or a Chevy with 30,000 miles or 40,000 miles or whatever. And uh, do you guys sell warranties on that? Oh yeah, we sure do, right? And they may be a little bit more aggressive on doing that. So, so that's why that's how you can shop around. That's how you can get there. Um, you know, another thing is is the proper history on the vehicle. Um, you know, do you know that this car has high repair costs? Do you see stuff on the internet that people are always talking about something happening to the car? You know, cars are very uh, traditional, and things happen. Right? We can go back to the Corvette right now. Pretty much seventeen. 1819, we've got uh, uh, shutter in the transmission, torque converter issues, right? So now you might, yeah, I might, I might want to, I might want to get a warranty for that five to seven thousand dollar transmission. I don't know what a, tra- I can't remember what a transmission costs, but I would, I'd imagine somewhere between certainly three and seven thousand dollars. I said five and seven, but we can back that down and be try to be a little conservative like I normally am um, with parts and labor and everything. Three to seven thousand dollars, I'm sure. Um, I had, I had an instance where. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I couldn't sell this lady extended warranty. Her credit was so bad um, that I would never, ever, ever. I'll never sell this car again. A Ford uh, Taurus X. I think it was called a Freestar as well. 
I think they rebadged as a freestyle or freestar. Freestyle sounds I, I better. I think so. I would never, ever sell one of those cars again. Uh, the transmissions are $7,000 to fix. And um, I sold this woman a car, not knowing this. She needed a three-row three vehicle. Uh, she's a great customer of mine today, right? So she's bought a car for me again, and her mom has and stuff like that. But um, the uh, about two years into it, the transmission blew up, and it was no fault of anybody's, just what happened? I didn't know that it happened or else I wouldn't have sold her, but that was the only car that we had, uh, available to her in order to, uh, in order to get her wheels. So, uh, so that was, you know, that was it, that was it. So we couldn't do anything different. And three years down the road, two years down the road, the transmission blew up and, and the owners of our company did just bent over backwards to help her out, um, without, you know, spending $7,000 on a transmission, but we tried to find used ones. We tried to find rebuilt ones and stuff like that. And so that's, that's the things you got to look at too. It's like, how much is this transmission in this brand new Corvette? How much is this 10 speed transmission in the brand new Silverado? Right. That's things you got to look at. Those are catastrophic things that the, I think the fail rate is very, very low on, but what happens is, 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 is a sensor always going bad in a car, right? Stuff like that. So that's kind of things you need to look at and know, um, the history of a car. Obviously if it's a brand new car, you can't really look at history, but we can go backwards and see that 14 Silverados have some hiccups that first year. And so I would say buy an extended warranty on a 14 Silverado, same way with a couple of the Ford F one fifties and stuff like that. And I think the fifth question of the five questions you should ask would be, do you really need it? And do you really need it comes into play with so many different scenarios. Um, I think that scenario that you just mentioned, well, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep my car for three years. Do I really need it? If you drive three years, 36,000 miles, then no, you don't need it. If you lease a car, you don't need it on a lease. Now there are lease warranties that you can purchase. So that way you say you have a three year, uh, 45,000 mile years lease three years, three-year lease that you can drive 45,000 miles, um, you're going to be outside of that extended warranty from 36,000 to 45,000. So you got a little bit of uh, risk there. Those warranties sometimes are really, really inexpensive that you can buy for a few hundred bucks sometimes. So now you can look at it. Well, for a few hundred bucks, I don't have to put money into a car that I don't own, that I'm not going to buy. Now, now you can look at it and be like, okay, well, that's what it is. Sometimes those warranties go into play that they cover excess wear and tear as well. Dents, dings, scratches, tires that need to be replaced, all stuff like that. Sometimes those go into a play as well. So that way do it. GM financial. Uh, I don't know if they still do it. We don't do a lot of leasing at our dealership, but GM financial, if you did their lease match program, which is exactly what I just mention, um, they're our lease care program. They would, uh, waive your disposition fee. So at the end of it as well, and then they would pay for, for a few hundred miles over as well. So say you went like you had $500 in over mileage charge, they would just waive that by buying that. So, you know, you take 25 cents times 500, you know, you have that stuff right there. So who stands behind the warranty? Do you know what's covered? Have you shopped the best price, proper history of the vehicle you're covered? And do you really need it? Those are definitely the five questions you need to ask yourself, not the dealership, yourself on are these all these things answered and is it worth it to buy? So you already brought up something. You just want to talk about. Which, uh, which part did well, I you, bring you blew, up? Because I got up, some other stuff to be bringing up too. You blew up. You blew one of my, uh, my scenarios. I was, I was well, going to talk about scams. You know, oh, 
I'm just that good. I don't even know what you have written over there, <laughs> but I just know, I mean, we, we get it weekly, if not right. multiple times a week. I got a phone call today on it, didn't I? Was uh, it today? You got, yeah, yeah, you got, got some a, phone call. Yeah, I got a 502 area code phone number, which I don't have a 502 phone number, and 502 is where Louisville is, and so I answer it because it's like, well, I'm, I'm here, but they might be calling my Google voice number, so my Google voice number flips over to is a 502 area code net flips over to um that that phone so they probably call on that 502 i just didn't i just realized that so uh what you got a question over there let's let's see what one of your questions are well we uh there's been some discussion about what you thought about car shield i don't know anything about them um i'm i'm familiar with them i think they're one of the really big advertising people out there did you look them up at all no, I've seen some commercials. I don't know if it was Car Shield that I see the commercials for uh, when I've been at the gym. It probably is. Yeah, they they're constantly, you know, talking about how they have um, basically an extended warranty. Yeah, I mean, they got a four point three rating on Google out of twenty six hundred reviews. So, I mean, that tells you a little bit about it. But here's here's the here's what I here's what I my take on that is. I would not buy an extended warranty from someone that I can't see face to face because if something gets declined on that, I can walk in to a dealership and talk to that manager or talk to that service guy and be like, I bought this from you. Why isn't this covered? You know? So a lot of times if anything is over $1,000 on extended warranties, even, even on GM stuff, uh, GM has their threshold, but if something is over a thousand dollars on our extended warranty, they automatically send somebody out to inspect the car to make sure that it's not modded, it's not damaged, it's not you know something that they you know you know did on their own, self-inflicted injuries, stuff like that. So my take on it, my personal opinion, is buy from someone that you can see face to face and buy from someone that you can trust. Um, I don't think you should buy. I don't think you should buy warranties from like your banks or your credit unions. Maybe your insurance agent is a good idea. You can look at that. That's a, someone that you have a relationship with. But if you use like Geico and you just call the phone number, which a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people just use national numbers. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't do progressive or Geico or anything like that because having a body shop at the dealership, I know how those people pay and they try to decline claims or they try to do goofy things and stuff like that as well. Or they try to use used parts or not OEM parts and stuff like that. So that's another reason to go right to the dealership to uh look at it as well is because you know the dealership if it's their warranty uh, they're getting paid retail on parts and labor so they're going to do everything correct so and that's that's the nice thing about it is even if you are a mechanic okay i get this all the time i sell mechanics extended warranties because their time is viable and their time is worth something so if their own car breaks down yes they can fix it well they get paid retail for the part and retail for the labor the mechanic's not going to write himself a hundred dollar an hour check if he's got a two hours worth of labor on this on this part, and he's going to pay costs. He's going to pay wholesale for a part that's done. Well, now he pays wholesale for it, bills it to the extended warranty company for retail, and he also gets his time reimbursed for putting that in as well. If he's the shop owner, right? So um, he can do that. He can do that as well. So so I do sell a lot of extended warranties to uh, companies as well. I do sell extended warranties to people who mod their cars. Also, um, the war- our warranty at our dealership, it does not, um, warranty the mods, but say you turbo your engine and put nitrous on it and stuff like that, your engine 
isn't going to be covered most likely your transmission, but that expensive radio that's in these current model cars, um, you know, heated seats, sensor, stuff like that, that stuff is, uh, that stuff will all be covered for you, uh, with no, with no problem as well, which is nice. So, um, talk about scams. So we get these phone calls every single day. Um, you know, robo calls, your extended warranty is up, stuff like that. You got the letters. I love the, uh, letters that come on vehicles you no longer own. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love <laughs> it's like, that. Uh, I haven't owned this in five years, but Hey, thanks. Yeah. So where, where do you think they get that information from? Uh, BMV records. Oh, how'd you know that? I didn't think you'd know that. I'm smart. That's oh, how I smart. know. smart. You probably heard me talk to customers about it. No, no, I'm, I'm just smart. No, don't come on now. Hey, don't try to diss me on All right. live. <laughs> I would say TV, but it's not really TV. <laughs> yeah, internet. Live internet. That's yeah. live internet. So, um, yeah, so, you know, these companies buy BMV records, DMV records, Secretary of State records, whatever you call it in your state, and because that's all public records, right? So they can buy this stuff from the DMV. Yes, the DMV sells your information. They don't just collect tax money from you. They sell your information to make money from there. Do you seriously think Papa John's is profitable at selling $10 pizzas? No, they sell your information. When do they sell $10 pizzas? Well, they used to. (laughs) So, but, um, you know, they're data right now, your personal information is more valuable than almost any product out there. So, um, so the pizza companies are really infamous for selling your product. Why do you know why that would be? No, I mean, because what are you giving the pizza company? 100% of the time, 100% truthful number, your phone number, your name, your, where you live and your email address. Why? Because you want that pizza delivered. You want that pizza done right. And we're all doing it through an app, right? So, so that's 100% legit information. So, so with my, my customer retention management tool, my CRM at work, I put in your phone number. I click a little button. It pulls your information up right away. I don't even need to ask you anything else. If I know your phone number, I can get your address and everything just that quick. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So these phone calls, these emails, these, um, snail mail, things. Those are all junk. Those are all trash. Every single one of them are never, ever, ever, ever buy a warranty from any company that does that. I get this all the time and it looks just like GM stuff. It's got a blue box and it says warranty administrator, like says WA in the box rather than GM. Um, and I have people come in, especially older people, older people fall for this stuff all the time, which typically they're the ones that fall for scams anyways. But, um, but I have people all the time. It's like, Mike, I just bought this car from you 60 days ago. I thought I bought an extended warranty, but this is saying my extended warranty, my warranty's expired. And so I just got to, I just got to tell them like, Hey, it's trash. Just throw it away. 100% of the time. I don't even question about it. It's like, I get it every day. I get people to call me every single day and ask me about these, just throw them away. They're not, they're not worth the paper they wrote on. And then what I do is as a service to my customers is I look it up and I'm like, yeah, you did buy an extended warranty. You're good for, you know, 72 months, 100,000 miles from the day you bought it to the mileage on the odometer. And, uh, and then if they didn't buy one, then I revisit it. I'm like, Hey, listen, um, dude, you know, did you want to buy one? You know, what's the, what's, you know, this has got your concern that you're out of warranty. So what it is most of the time though, I would say probably 90 plus percent of the time people who are calling me have already bought one. So, um, so they're, they're good and I don't ever sell them. So I do get paid off of extended warranties and just to be full disclosure at my dealership, obviously, you know, anywhere else outside my dealership, I don't get paid on it. 
I get paid 30 bucks, right? So it's not a ton of cash. So, um, so that's just my full disclosure, my full transparency in this, but at, what I do and what I've always done in the car business had zero to do with income because my firm believer, my firm belief is that if I go in and I do my job ethically and morally right, that everything else will come naturally. My income will come naturally. Everything will come. My sales will come naturally. I don't have to worry about doing things shady or sidetracked and, and whatnot. So just full disclosure and full transparency on it. So, so inter- what else can I buy? I mean, I think we've talked the extended warranty to death. So what else can I buy? <laughs> so uh, a lot of dealers will uh, offer you uh, dent ding protection, key replacement protection. Um, some of those are good. Um, I'm not always a big fan of the dent ding protection um, just because I have behind the scenes insider knowledge, right? So, you know, a dent wholesale wise, a, a, a big dent, the size of a baseball, right? You're talking less than a hundred bucks to fix. So if that dang coverage is 800 bucks or 500 bucks or 600 bucks, you know, it's up in the air. You know, how often do we get dents taken out of our car? You know, the little Johnny, you know, hits it with the bicycle and, you know, or you open or some idiot opens up their door at the target and whacks your door. Um, you look at it, you're mad for a minute and then you just move on and then it just becomes one with the car and, you forget about it. And you don't even see it anymore. So, um, so what I always tell what I always tell everybody is like, get it if you want, um, because it, it wouldn't cover hail damage, but if it's slight hail damage, it's not going to be covered on our, on our insurance. You can get that, you can get that pulled out. So that's could save you a lot of money. Um, and then just the fact that, you know, you don't have a relationship with a dealership and they're not willing to help you on their wholesale level. And these retail guys are going to charge you retail. You might, you might get it. You know, there's, there's some stuff that are pretty hard. Aluminum vehicles, very, very, very hard to get dents out of aluminum. Um, I had a customer, we had aluminum, we have aluminum hoods on our, on our Silverados back in the last generation and a softball hit the top of the Silverado hood and put a big dent in it and we can never get it out because, because it just was too big. Um, and aluminum doesn't have memory. So, uh, gap insurance, if you don't put at least 20% down, you definitely want to get gap insurance key replacement. What does gap insurance do? Gap insurance covers you in the event of a total loss. So the best way that I can explain it for listening and and not have a diagram is, um, say you owe $30,000 on your car. But at the time of your total loss, if it's accident, fire, flood, whatever the case may be, um, the insurance company is only willing to give you $20,000 and you have a loan on your car, right? So if you, you have a loan on your car for $30,000, it's worth twenty. dollars There's a gap in between what it's worth and what your payoff is. Negative equity when we're trading water under your loan. So your responsibility, your obligation to the bank since that car is total lost, is pay that off immediately. So you now owe the bank $10,000. No pass go, no collect $200. You owe it today. Um, no making payments on it, stuff like that. So um, because they have to give their title up. You have to give your title up to the you know to the insurance company as a total loss. So gap insurance would cover that $10,000 for you that quick. So that's where that comes into play. And like I said, it's very, very good to do. Um, I made, I'm making payments on my C8 and I have gap insurance on that because I, which think, I think, I think I'm good at this. I decided not to put any money down on this because I don't plan on having it very long and I want to keep my liquid capital so I can mod and stuff like that. So, you know, my ground effects are $6,000. So, um, that I have, so that's $6,000 I could put towards, towards, 
that down payment wise and not be able to put $6,000 worth of ground effects on my car and, or put it on a credit card and pay a high interest on that or take it out of a, you know, savings account or whatever the case may be. So it's really important. You know, I played with my money a little bit, which I do all the time, but, um, your money. Oh, my, my bad. Your money, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my it's bad. My money. I make it, you get it. So I told you what's I'll, yours is mine. What's mine is yours. Is that what it is? This morning it was, you know, you don't get to drive my cars. I'll let you make the payments on them, <laughs> but you can't drive them. You did say that this morning to me. <laughs> so yeah, this social distancing is uh isolation. What do they call it? What are they calling this? Uh, self Self, uh, what are they calling it? No, it's quarantine. Self-quarantine, yeah. No, we're not really self-quarantined because technically neither one of us are sick. So there's no reason that we have to 100% stay home and not be around anybody else. Right, So So Tom Tom said uh, most insurance companies do offer gap insurance. They do, but it kind of seems like a conflict of interest, right? So you can talk to them and see what it costs. Um, but like with ours, it covers the deductible on your insurance up to a thousand bucks as well. So if you experience a total loss um, and your your deductible is due, then you don't have to do it. And then sometimes those gap coverages come back and they give you money towards purchasing the car at the dealership again as well. So there's there's a couple, there's a couple possibilities that's it's beneficial to go through the dealership uh to do it but it's the same thing shop around ask stuff like that so different states govern the cost of gap insurance and so some states can get crazy thousand fifteen hundred bucks which thousand fifteen hundred bucks is way too much for gap insurance but um it is what it is so um tires for life oil changes for life i'm not a big fan of those in any way shape or form the reason why is because uh if that company goes out of business, then we are really, really messed up of a dealership having to pay someone, you know, for oil changes and stuff like that. So it's really important to, uh, um, know what that stuff is really worth. So like my daughter's Volkswagen, she has 10 years of oil changes she can use at every 10, or excuse me, 10 oil changes she does for 100,000 miles for every 10 10,000 miles she drives. So, so that's, that's something I did for her because she's young and she, uh, doesn't have to, uh, budget on that. And right now, luckily she's working, but if she needed an oil change, she may let that $7,500 oil change not happen on her car, which is more harmful than her being out of money, I guess. But, um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. She's got a warranty on her car. Again, um, a lot of, a lot of car people, a lot of people who pay car payments are, are budget minded. So therefore, um, they're only interested in what it costs them per month. Yes. She's very budget minded because she didn't like the surprise. And, you know, this is a first car that she has had to pay for herself and the first car she's having to register every year with Indiana herself and pay those fees. And she didn't like that surprise when I told her two weeks prior. And she's like, I didn't know I had to do that every year. And, you know, it's one of those things. She's just, she doesn't pay attention to that stuff. And she really doesn't pay attention to anything Mike does in the car business. <laughs> so, you know, she's, I, you could probably say a blonde at, you know, some things, you know, generation Z millennial, whatever you want to call them, you know, that too, like they just don't know. Um, when I, when I deal with people right now at about 25, 26 and less, it's, 
not so much, I don't want to say struggle, but I have to explain things a little bit more than I do with people who are in their thirties, forties and up. Right. So, um, and vice versa, people that are in their sixties and seventies buying cars, I got to explain things a little bit different on how the internet works and that there's really no negotiating on pricing and stuff like that much anymore. Um, so generational gaps. Yeah. And, and that's normal, right? That's not that big of a deal. Um, uh, but, uh, that's, that's what this podcast is all about is learning the inside traits and secrets and tricks on the car business to understand it. So that way you protect yourself, uh, the most. So, um, with that being said, you know, a couple other things that are, you know, I saw someone ask, are the maintenance plans worth it? Sometimes they are. You just got to look at what the cost is. Uh, same thing with the warranty, who, who ministers it, who stands behind it. Um, what's the co- What's the cost going to be on maintaining your car? Um, what's, you know, all of that stuff matters, um, when you're doing this, when I looked at, I did the same thing with her maintenance program. Cause we don't offer a prepaid maintenance program at the Chevy store, but the Volkswagen store does. I'm like, okay, how much does the oil change? What's this cover? Um, I didn't have to ask who, who, oh, I did ask who managed it. Cause I didn't know if it was a Volkswagen thing or if, our, if it was our ethos company, it was actually Volkswagen offering it. So, um, so I had to, you know, I started asking questions like that. Um, because I've always been a big fan uh, a maintenance plan fan. Um, you know, if I could get 10 years of oil changes for my Corvette for thousand bucks, 800 bucks, seven, 700 bucks, I would take that in a heartbeat because an oil change, um, on a C seven is 150 bucks on a C eight. It only takes seven and a half quarts of oil. So you're built out for eight quarts. And, um, so the oil changes are a little bit cheaper on a C seven dry sump. It is uh, 10 quarts of oil. So you're built out for 10 quarts of oil. So, uh, the next part of the subject was going to be the best time to purchase the car or purchase the extended warranty. Do you do it at the time of purchase? Do you do it right when the warranty expires? You know, that's, those are the two typical main questions that I get asked on when to do it. My firm belief is do it at the time you purchase the car. The reason why is that warranty is never going to be cheaper and is never going to cover more than when you purchase the car. Um, on a used car, um, the dealership typically has to do some sort of inspection on the car in order to sell an extended warranty. So um, we'll use my dealership for an example. We used to, at 100,000 miles, we would only do an oil change and a detail and put this car on our bargain lot and let people know that you need to look at it. You need to inspect it. We don't do any of that. We sell it as is. And I go to the extent to tell my clients, if it breaks in two pieces as you're leaving here, congratulations, you own two cars. Um, you know, there's no bringing it back. There's no buyer's remorse. You buy it, you buy it, you own it. And um, if it breaks, you you got you to gotta figure it out. So, so I really try to go to the extent of that. Well, our extended warranty company came in and said, hey, okay, well, you can now offer warranties up to 125,000 miles on a car. So now we're like, oh crap, well now we got to start inspecting these cars. So we changed our policy internally up to 125,000 miles. But we do we do our customers right and we do our warranty companies right, right? We treat everybody right and treat everybody fair. Um, the when if we take a used car and attempt to take our use our extended warranty as a reconditioning process, that is not a good business relationship. Some companies do that. Some companies will tell you, oh, just wait 30 days, bring it in service partner, we'll pay 50, we'll pay your $50 copay. Um, you know, so that's, 
that's not a good relationship with your warranty company. And if the dealership tells you that you need to question your dealership of, of the relationship status is what they, how they treat everybody else too. So, um, so yeah, so a lot of times with these used cars, they have to do an inspection. So if you decide down the road, you know, three months, six months, nine months, whatever, a year from the road and 10,000 more miles, and all of a sudden you had to just pay a big warranty cost and you just bought this car and you got a five or six year note on it. Now, it's in your head like, oh, shoot, maybe I should have bought that extended warranty they, they offered me. Now you come in, you got to spend another 250 bucks to get that car reinspected because typically third-party companies are going to make sure that you're not trying to recondition your car on their dime. So um, extended warranty companies are a business. Insurance companies are a business. They want to take as many premiums as, in as they can, and they want to pay out as little as they can, right? It's just that's... That's the way insurance companies work. That's how you make profit, right? So um, so that is out there, and that's going to be done. So uh, firm believer that buying at the time you purchase the car is the best. So new car coverage, right? So new car coverage, I can do uh, 84 months and 125,000 miles on my new car coverages. So you're talking that you buy a car today in 2020, you're covered to 20. 28 or 125,000 miles if you show so the so desire and if those are your driving habits if you trade your car every four years there's no reason to buy an eight-year warranty 125,000 miles you're never going to get there and you're just wasting and burning cash um so used car warranties typically go off of time and mileage three-year 36 four-year 48 maybe five-year 60 most of them don't do that but typically uh they go off of two and three-year four-year warranties in 12 36 and 48 months so you need to know that as well that okay well this is a four-year 48 but i drive twenty thousand miles a year so you got to realize that you're paying for two and a half years so that's again a question asked back back to the five questions you need to ask yourself is do I really need it? So that's the type of things. Dave Ramsey will tell you to self-insure. I don't believe in that. I think that's bad because if I can spend $2,000 on an extended warranty and I keep this car for a long, long time and things break on it and my warranty companies paid out three, four, and $5,000, I just wrote myself a multiple thousand dollar check and I played with the money aspect of it. Bought an extended warranty for two grand. The warranty company paid out four grand. I made two grand on that deal. So, so it's a, a nice way to protect your cost over the life that you think you're going to have the car. So that's the things you need to look at as well. Now, can't you cancel an extended warranty and rec- do you receive any money back? Are you reading my notes? No. Yeah, I got it wrote right here. Right? I'm trying to hurry you up. Refund, pol- <laughs> refund policy slash transfer. That's what but- I have wrote. You know, you were just you know, talking about... this is an hour-long podcast, by the way. Yes, you were just talking <laughs> about the fact that a if you bought an eight-year, 125,000-mile warranty and you only kept your car for four years, couldn't you still essentially purchase that warranty and then cancel it? Yes. So, so in a nutshell, what happens is you purchase... I'm going to use simple math. Um, five-year warranty, 100,000 miles... And in four years, 50,000 miles, you decide that you want to trade your car or sell your car. You've got a couple options. Now, if you trade your car to a dealership, you're just going to cancel your warranty and get a prorated refund. And since we're using simple math of five years, 100,000 miles, and you had your car for two and a half years and 50,000 miles, 
then you're going to get 50% of your money back. Maybe a small admin fee. Some, some warranty companies charge like 50 bucks cancellation fee. Nothing crazy. So if you sell your car privately, now you take that extended warranty and you tell that consumer that, hey, listen, this car's got warranty on it for two and a half years and 50,000 miles. Now that builds value into your resale if you decide to sell your car privately on Facebook, Craigslist, any of the any of the internet websites out there that you can sell a car to. So now you build value into that that retail unit that you're selling or your vehicle that you're selling on the private market, and you can do that. Typically speaking, there's a transfer fee. Uh, sometimes it's 100, 150 bucks, somewhere in that range, maybe 75 bucks. It just depends on the warranty company. So now you can do that. And let's say that you're offering the extended warranty to this person. You're not going to tell them, hey, listen, there's a $75 transfer fee. Um, you just want to include that into the purchase price of the vehicle. So if, if like, hey, listen, if you think you can get 23 grand out of this and it's got a warranty, hey, sell it for 24 and include the warranty. And if the person negotiates with you, it's like, listen, I can do 23, but I can't include the warranty in on it. And you can use that as a negotiating tactic too to get more money out of your car. So that's kind of a, a big value to do as well. So yes, uh, refund policy, uh, usually within 30 days. Uh, if you decide that you purchased the warranty and within 30 days, you're like, you know what? I really don't want this. Um, typically, you get 100% of your money back no questions asked, uh, or, or excuse me, no admin fees charged. After 30 days, it's a prorated refund based off of time or mileage, whichever one is, I guess, less or greater. I don't know how to say that right. I would think, like, if if the mileage is greater mm-hmm. than, or the time, you know, if it's been six months, or you have like say six months left and you've used up almost all your mileage, you would not sit there and give them six months worth of uh, prorated fees left or. Yeah, it's, it's all regulated. So, so we don't have to do the math anymore. 10 years ago, 15 and not even 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, that's crazy that I just said 10 years ago and it was not that 17, 18, 19, 20 years ago, we would have to do it manually. Now we don't, we go in and we put the last six digits of the VIN in, we put your name in, we put your full VIN in, we put the mileage that your car has and we click refund, um, quote, refund quote, and it tells us. So you don't have to do the math anymore. So that's why it's like I was drawing a blank on that. So on these extended warranties, while we got back on that subject, um, where do you have to get the car serviced? Do you have to go to the dealership that you purchased the extended warranty from? So you want to read your contract, but typically contracts will read any ASC certified business, right? So if Joe Schmo is ASC certified and he works for Billy Bob's mechanic shop, you can't go to Joe Schmo's house and have him submit a claim. You have to go to Billy Bob's mechanic shop, right? So, um, but any, any ASE certified business, you can do it. So I use that, uh, analogy earlier that, Hey, I'm a mechanic. I own my own shop. I'm Billy Bob, right? And my car just broke down and I have an extended warranty. Now I'm gonna call that extended warranty and say, Hey, listen, the car's in here for this. Um, it needs a new alternator, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, the claims approved. Um, and then at that point they give you usually an approval number and they pay with a national credit card. Uh, so it's good at any place across the country. So if you're in Kentucky and you buy this extended warranty and you live in Alaska or Hawaii, because those are the two farthest points away, uh, I could possibly think of, then you're covered 
And if you live there, you're covered. If you're visiting there, you're covered. Um, typically speaking, again, you need to look at the contract, but if you're visiting Canada, you're probably going to be covered. Mexico, it's it's hit or miss. So, uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, so you can go anywhere in the country and have it covered and they just pay you with a national credit card. And that's a question you want to ask too, I would say. I would say that would be the sixth question is, if I'm out of the area, if I don't come to your dealership, how's it paid for? Uh, I'm not a big fan of, hey, you pay it, we'll reimburse you. And I will, I'll say this on the scam part. I didn't write this down. I was thinking about it, um, but uh, I'll say it. A lot of times these companies that go after subprime buyers, they don't have the best extended warranties. They're, they're doing it 100% for profit, 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 profit. They don't care what's covered. They don't care anything like that. And um, typically speaking, less than 1%, uh, there's no ever, never, never, never do you have to get a warranty based off your financing. Some subprime, deep subprime lenders um, do say that, hey, we want to have this person have a warranty because this is a higher mileage car and we want the engine and stuff protected. But a lot of times they sell the warranty, right? It's their warranty company. Um, and they may give you a rate discount, which I don't know how they do that. I don't understand that completely because if I did that as a dealership, I would get in trouble because it's truth and lending. I don't understand how they do it. Same thing with, with bank fees. Subprime person comes in and buys a car. Um, the deal, The bank will give you 21% interest and then they charge us a thousand dollars. I cannot raise my car a thousand dollars to recoup that cost. I just have to pay it. So really the bank is getting 21% interest over the life of your loan plus a thousand dollars. That's not truth in lending. I don't understand that. I never have understood that for 20 years, but that's what happens. So I'm not a big fan of that. And a lot of times in these extended warranties, um, they do cover roadside assistance that you don't ever have to pay for. They have trip interruption. You can look at that. Sometimes they'll pay for your hotel or they'll pay, they'll give you a per diem. Uh, a lot of times it's $75 per day um, to pay for a hotel or food or meal while your car is broke down. Um, roadside assistance with out of gas, flat tire change, anything like that. A lot of that stuff um, is part of that road as part of that extended warranty as well. So with that being said, that that extended warranty, yes, it's thousands of dollars, typically speaking, I get that, but maybe you don't have to buy that AAA or put that addendum on your insurance policy to uh, have roadside assistance because that's part of your extended warranty. That's typically like a freebie, but uh, it's what it, it's in there typically on all extended warranties. Okay, now, certified pre-owned. We talked about that at the very beginning. What... Basically, on a certified pre-owned, you tend to have some type of warranty given by the dealer. Do Should you buy an extended warranty with that? Can you buy an extended warranty with that? And, you know, what's the differences in coverage? Yeah, so you can buy an extended warranty with certified pre-owned, and typically those warranties are a little bit cheaper. But you got to realize that you're typically going to pay more money for a car that's certified pre-owned. Um, I'm not a big certified pre-owned fan. Um, my dealership's not a big certified pre-owned fan. We don't do a lot of CPO deals. And the reason we don't is because sometimes the strict standards of these uh, CPO inspection process is so high that it just does nothing but cost the dealership money, which in turn costs consumer money. So 
um, the Traverse is a prime example. The Chevy Traverse, we get these things all the time with 30 and 40,000 miles on it. 100% of the time, we have to change the tires, which are 11 and $1,200. We have to do new tires on this vehicle because um, they're out of General Motors certified pre-owned inspection base. They're bare minimum, right? But you as an owner would never, ever, ever go and buy tires at 49% tire left, right? So we're forced to spend money and there's probably liability. We don't do this. We just throw the tires away. We don't save them for something else. We don't, you know, stack them in the back or whatever. We just throw them away. The tire people come and get them and they get shredded. So it's just wasting money. So we don't do that, but every, everyone's different. So you just got to look at it. Um, Subaru, I think they've got a really good certified pre-owned deal. Um, Subaru is a little bit different customer, a little bit different, uh, market. So our Subaru dealership does do a lot of CPO deals and it takes up to, seven years, 100,000 mile powertrain. And if you want to buy uh, a wrap, you can do that for like 15 or 1800 bucks. It's like dirt cheap. So, um, and if I were buy that same warranty without having the CPO, it may cost three grand, right? 2,500 bucks. So there, there is some savings in there when you do CPO, but it just uh, depends on the brand and whatnot. And this was mentioned on the live stream and I don't know what it is. We'll see if you do. GMPP warranty. Yeah, GMPP is no longer around. That's General Motors Protection Plan. It's now called Chevrolet Protection, GMC Protection, Cadillac Protection, stuff like that. So um, I'm glad somebody brought that up because I had this wrote down as well and and hadn't talked about it yet. So I um, we use our own warranty company. This is you know because we we like it. There's there's you can't you can never get into this right. This is something that you would never ever think to ask or never really even know. I don't like to sell GMPP Chevrolet protection plan because there are some strings attached to it. And to the best of my knowledge, coming from the finance director at my dealership, I haven't been able to check this out personally, but coming from him, he tells me that say you have something going on and they have to take your engine apart and they get down into your engine and they see it in a part Warren, not broken. It's about to break. It's close to breaking. It's it's going to fail a year from now, three months from now, 10 miles from now, whatever, but it hasn't, it's not a failed part. General, General Motors protection plan, Chevrolet protection plan, whatever you want to call it is not going to cover that replacement part. You have to pay for it. My dealership's warranty. If we're in there and we see this part's going to fail, we call the warranty company up and like, no problem. You're good to go. So this is the analogy that I like to use on this is imagine if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, Hey, we need to do, we need to do one single bypass heart surgery. Well, they get you opened up and they're like, Oh crap, this guy needs a triple bypass. Right. But they have to stop what they're doing. sew you back up, call the insurance company to get authorization and then go into and do another surgery. That's the analogy I like to use on this. And that I think makes sense with most people that, you, if you see as a mechanic, if I see something's going to fail, I want that fixed. I don't want to take that expense. I don't want to take that time. I don't want that frustration. I don't want that inconvenience. And most importantly, it always happens this way. As soon as we're out of our warranty period, that breaks. And now it's my cost as well. So that's the thing as well. So GM does sell a good warranty. So I'm not bashing that product at all. Um, my dealership just chooses not to sell it because we have our own company that we're invested into, that we're um, part of and that we own like I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast. So, but uh, 
um, that's the take on it. And that's coming straight from my finance director's mouth is where I'm getting that information from. So if anybody's GM's watching and that's not true, please tell me I'll re I'll rebuttal back and tell people that's not true, but, uh, don't call my dealership and say that he's giving bad information. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. Um, let's hit on the lifetime warranties a little bit that some dealerships offer. Those are strictly a dealership or dealership group offering that, which means you would probably have to have it serviced there, correct? Right. So um, you may be able to get service other place. I've got an I've got a lifetime warranty um, contract sitting on my desk, and um, I don't know why I kept escaping this. It's on my fridge, you know, and uh, I never read it. So lifetime warranty contracts are very minimal uh, coverage with a huge. Uh, upsides towards the dealership that they'll never have to make a claim. Again, a third-party company does this. It's usually just cost the dealership a few hundred bucks per warranty uh, that they that they sell or they do, and they still have to buy that warranty. So every time they sell a car, they have to do a contract and they have to pay money towards a warranty company to do it. It's not just free, right? They don't just take the risk. The warranty claim the warranty company takes the risk and the exposure of of making a claim. So. When I've put this stuff out there, I've, I've tested, I always test things with salespeople. It's hilarious because I'll come out there and I'll say something negative on social media. I'm like extended war- um, lifetime warranties are junk. Prove me wrong, right? I'll do that. And all of a sudden I'll have salespeople pop in to try to prove me wrong, which is good, which is the purpose of the, of the, of the post. Um, the, uh, the fact of it is, is I'm looking for good stories out of that. I'm looking for, Hey, listen, um, we've done it this many times or we do this and we, we stand behind our product. So, but you got to look at it. A a big terminology on these lifetime powertrain warranties is one, it's powertrain. And two, it says internally lubricated parts, internally lubricated parts are extremely low risk of failing. So that means something that some type of liquid touches oil, transmission fluid, something like that. Maybe some coolant most likely does not cover your, um, water pump. Um, that's something that fails here and there. We had it fail on, on the Malibu. I had it fail on the Malibu. Um, that was covered under powertrain warranty. So, uh, under the factory powertrain warranty, but, um, but on, at the same time, our, our Pontiac Grand Prix had an airbag sensor go bad and it was $1,200 and I didn't have to pay for it. The extended warranty did. And then most extended warranties do have a copay. They have some type of, of participation. A lot of times it's $50 or a hundred dollars. If you are doing, if you have a new car or used car warranty, again, new car warranty is exclusionary. Used car warranty is stated. Um, I would never do anything over a hundred dollar copay. If, it, if a dealership's doing two, two fifty, whatever, that's fine. There's also what's called a reducing deductible. Um, reducing deductible rewards you from coming back to the dealership. So if they have a 50 or a hundred dollar reducing deductible, um, then that means you go to the dealership that you bought it from and you don't pay that deductible. So it's it's rewards you and it rewards the dealership to get the warranty work because the warranty companies do pay full retail parts, full retail warranty uh, labor. So it's, and, and it's good. So warranty labor right now, uh, typically speaking, I don't know what the national average is, but I know the dealerships out there, they're typically uh, $100 to $150 an hour. So we have a variable uh, labor rate at our dealership depending on uh, expertise of the technician and the work and stuff like that. But ours is typically around $150 an hour. So you're talking two hours of labor to do a small part. You know, they always, the old infamous uh, saying is that the labors cost more than a part. It's very, very true uh, to this day. So um, 
for the podcast portion, we probably got maybe oh, one or two questions I, that we could probably do. I have one. Uh, Perfect. On our uh, F&I products that we can buy, extended warranty, gap insurance, all that stuff, do we have to roll it into a loan or can you pay for it outright? No, you can you can pay for it outright and um, it's going to be on your bill of sale. Oh, that reminded me. I forgot. Why did I not write this down? Um, the... Um, that uh, you can pay anything out of pocket, right? So you don't have to put it into the, the the loan. But again, I mentioned this earlier, and I don't know why I didn't trigger that on this earlier to to uh, to make sure you ask this question. Um, but uh, um, nine times out of ten, when you're pitching extended warranty, you're just making you're making payments. So the finance manager will say, listen, for $10 more per month, you can have this. For $20 more per month, you can have this. For $30 more per month, you can have this. And their job is to sell you this stuff. Their job is to build value in it. That way you see the value, you say yes, and they purchase it. And and this happens at, at every dealership across the country, and a lot of it is good. But the question that does not get asked a lot of times that I see this people in the um, Beyond the Showroom Facebook group, I've seen them talk about that. Um, I get questions internal, uh, private questions on it. It's like, hey, listen, I bought a car last week and they told me it was 20 bucks per month, but I got home and then I saw the contract and I saw there was $3,000 of charges on there that I didn't realize it. I bought a $20,000 car and now I'm financing 24,000. I see questions like that all the time. So um, with that being said, you need to make sure you understand the price of these warranties. A typical warranty is going to cost you somewhere around twenty, twenty five hundred bucks, or two thousand, twenty five hundred bucks, maybe just a little over three grand. That a good warranty is going to cost you that, regardless of the vehicle. It's a Corvette, Silverado, it's a Honda, it's a Toyota. It doesn't matter what it is. Bank on three grand, and you'll you'll be golden. If it's a little over, sweet. If it's under, it's a payday, and you're coming out ahead. Um, uh, key replacement sometimes. Four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Uh, talking about uh, dent ding coverage, five ninety nine, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine is typical cost. Um, paint protection, six ninety nine, seventy nine, eight ninety nine. If you go to a luxury car dealer, they're going to charge you fifteen hundred bucks. They do it all the time. It's the same stuff you get at the Chevy store uh, for five hundred or six hundred, seven hundred dollars. So, um, so you know, those are the, those are the questions you definitely need to ask. Is just how much is this stuff? Hey, listen. That extra forty bucks, I'm okay with. I can budget that. I can afford that. I can I can budget forty dollars per month much easier than a five thousand dollar catastrophic engine failure, transmission failure, or a twelve hundred dollar um, part and labor claim in there. Um, I think the national average. Um, actually, I'm going to look that up before I say that. Um, the uh, it's not cheap. So national average auto repair bill. So the, well, I didn't, oh, I typed bill wrong. I was like, what? So, uh, but you definitely need to ask, you definitely need to um, ask what the uh, cost of that stuff is. So uh, it's not really pulling up anything, but I'm thinking around $800 is each labor ticket. So I know my dealership, uh, a customer pay is setting right around $700, uh, per, per, per repair order. So, so if you have a $500 car payment and you have a $700 repair bill, now all of a sudden you have a $1,300 car payment due that month. So, um, so doing that $40 extra per month is much easier to budget than all of a sudden $1,300, uh, for one month or whatever the case may be. So that's the way you look at it as well. Um, and, uh, 
you know, you just got to look at that. You just got to know it up front. What's this cost to me? Sounds good. Good. Like that? Sure. All right. I mean, you know me. I leave all the money up to you. <laughs> all right. With that being said, uh, for the podcast listeners at home in their car uh, being uh, quarantined, uh, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, this is the end of this show. Again, every Tuesday night, 7 p.m., uh, on the Chevy Dude YouTube channel, uh, we go live, and then 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, the following Wednesday morning, we push this to all the podcast uh, outlets. And, of course, you can join the Beyond the Showroom Facebook group. You can like the Chevy Dude YouTube page and uh, follow us on Facebook as well. So thanks again for listening. Have a great day and drive safely. Beyond the Showroom is on the socials. Follow along on Twitter at Chevy Dude. Join the Beyond the Showroom Facebook group by searching Beyond the Showroom. Subscribe to the Chevy Dude YouTube channel. And until next time, have a great day and drive safely.